gazing at a bird in flight, soaring through no. the air. Here you go. You can, you can do it when the time is right. Lying down beneath the stars, I feel your presence there. I love to stand at ocean shore and feel the thundering breakers roar. To walk through golden fields of rain Neath endless blue horizons Listening to a river run, watering the earth, fragrance of a rose in bloom, a newborn's cry at birth. How could I say there is no God when all around creation calls a singing bird? A mighty tree, the vast expanse of open sea. I love to stand at ocean shore and feel the thundering breakers roar. To walk through golden fields of grain, neath endless blue horizons frame. Creation Calls. Isn't that a beautiful piece? Thank you. Thank you, Deb and Carl and Ron and Sheila. Creation Calls, and as you woke up this morning, what a gorgeous day uh, that God has given us today in the Northwest, and it is good 
that we are together here in this place, this place of grace that we gather, and have our batteries charged to head out those doors for another week. And you notice that the, uh, uh, the table is set, and we're going to be sharing uh, the bread and wine of Holy Communion uh, this morning as well. Special greeting to those who are visiting with us this morning. We're honored by your presence. And turn around and wave quickly to all those streamers all over the country who are streaming in this morning through those cameras and through the video. Uh, we welcome you. We're really happy that you're here worshiping with us uh, as well through that miracle of technology. Everything's going to be projected for you, so uh, we'll kind of cue you up on where we're going to be. And uh, so we're going to begin with a, a great opening hymn about gathering, Gather Us In. So if it is comfortable for you, I would invite you to stand at this time. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We lift our voices in song.
We continue now with the prayer we call the Curie. Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Curie eleison. And our hymn of praise, Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I live. 
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. God of welcome, wonder, mystery, and majesty, dwell with us as we sputter along trying to love and forgive us this day as we gather to worship. Dwell with us in our moments of faith and in our seasons of doubt. Dwell with us. Inspire our worship that we in turn may be inspired to go out those doors and find our place of service. Blessed to be a blessing, we pray in the name that is above all others, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Bill Anderson's going to read for us at this time. The reading is from the 77th Psalm. I will call to mind the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your wonders of old. I will mediate on all your work and muse on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is so great as our God? With your strong arm you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. The very deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies thundered. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea, your path through the mighty waters, yet your footprints were unseen. The word of the Lord. There are many things in our world that we um, are thankful for, and uh, many wonders in our world that we give thanks for, and uh, this is a song called Gratitude, when we are thankful for even for the things that we uh, cannot see. Send some rain, would you send some rain? Cause the earth is dry and needs to drink again. And the sun is high and we are sinking in the shade. Would you send a cloud, thunder long and loud? Let the sky grow black and send some mercy down. Surely you can see that we are thirsty and afraid. But maybe not, not today. Maybe you'll provide it always. And if that's the case, we'll give thanks to you with gratitude for lessons learned and how to 
thirst for you, how to bless the very sun that warms our face if you never send us rain. Daily bread, give us daily bread. Bless our bodies, keep our children fed. Fill our cups, then fill them up again tonight. Wrap us up and warm us through, tucked away beneath our sturdy roofs. Let us slumber safe from danger's view this time. Or maybe not, not today. Maybe you'll provide in other ways. And if that's the case, we'll give thanks to you with gratitude. A lesson learned to hunger after you. That a starry sky offers a better view If no roof is overhead And if we never taste that bread Oh, the differences that often are between Everything we want and what we So grant us peace, Jesus, grant us peace. Move our hearts to hear a single beat between alibis and enemies tonight. Or maybe not, not today. Peace might be another world away. And if that's the case, We'll give thanks to you with gratitude for lessons learned in how to trust in you, that we are blessed beyond what we could ever dream in abundance or in need. And if you never grant us peace, but Jesus would you Gratitude, beautiful. That's a new one for me and uh, very much appreciate it. Gratitude, are you happy to be here? I like it, Butch. Let's see if we can all be as loud as Butch. Are you happy to be here? Yeah. Yes, it's good to be here. Now, you know, I, as I look over here, uh, how many could this possibly feed, this little plate here with those small breads? I'd like to talk to you this morning. We're going to talk together about wonder, wonder, and welcome. And so I wonder, is there room in your life for wonder? I hope there is wonder in your life, and I wish you this morning wonder and welcome. Now recently, as I told you yesterday in the, in the missive, if you read that, I decided to go an entire week without wearing a watch. 
And once I adjusted to it, I found it very freeing. I trusted my time management to the sun and the moon. The actual time was of little consequence. Of course, I was on vacation. No one was on depending upon me. I did not have any appointments. And if I really wanted to know what time it was, of course, I usually had my, my phone with me, right? How many of you have your phones with you today? Show of hands. Some yes, some no, most yes. Well, I'm hoping that your phones are off or at least silenced. Felicia and I had a parishioner in our first parish on Bainbridge Island. This was the mid-'80s. He worked for IBM. And one night at his house, after dinner, he told us that someday we would not have home phones. He said, rather, everyone would have a personal phone number, and they could be reached anytime, anywhere in the world. Now, honestly, we thought maybe it was too much wine. I mean, this was kind of like crazy talk, right? It seemed impossible. And yet we imagined how wonderful it would be if his prediction actually would come true. Our phones are now our constant companions, a blessing and sometimes a curse, I think. And they are capable of doing so much more than those room-sized IBM computers which began this revolution. You can ask your phone almost any question and it will provide an answer. Why are there no seagulls in Hawaii? Because there are scavengers who can't hunt in the open ocean. What time is it in Paris? Nine hours ahead of Seattle. Where does the term mind your P's and Q's come from? Well, when fights broke out in pubs in England, someone would yell out, mind your P's and Q's, mind your pints and quarts. In other words, don't let your beer spill. (laughs) And during this pandemic, for many of us, uh, phones, computers have been really a lifesaver. Uh, In a time when we could not connect with our family, we could FaceTime, we could be with our family, even though we had to be apart. You know, the information at our fingertips is really quite remarkable. It's a miracle of technological ingenuity, thought impossible maybe 50 years ago. And knowledge, knowledge is growing exponentially. It was estimated that previous to the year 1900, human knowledge was doubling every 100 years, which is pretty amazing, right? It's estimated today that human knowledge doubles every 13 months. Imagine that for a moment. Don't believe me? Check it on your phone. Not right now, though. (laughs) And where does knowledge come from? Knowledge finds its genesis in wonder. Socrates said, wonder is the beginning of wisdom. Plato said, philosophy begins with wonder. Einstein said, he who can no longer pause to wonder and stand in rapt awe is as good as dead. His eyes are closed. And the 20th century Jewish poet, philosopher, and theologian Abraham Heschel said, wonder rather than doubt is the root of all knowledge. In this age of instant answers, in a day when we are sometimes overwhelmed by technology and overloaded with information, do we take time, as 
Dr. Seuss advised us to think and wonder, wonder and think. Well, come with me now, if you will. We're going to time travel a little bit. We're going to head to the countryside around the Sea of Galilee, the pastoral and peaceful lake country in Israel. The sweet water there comes out of the Dan Mountains and runs into the sea, and then it becomes the Jordan River. And when I take groups to Israel, they absolutely love their time in the Galilee. It's not heavily populated even today. And in Jesus' day, it was not quite the middle of nowhere, but you could pretty much see the middle of nowhere from there. The population was very small, and yet we are told that great crowds of people were following Jesus. Why? The text says that they were filled with wonder. Wonder as Jesus was curing the sick. And those clamoring for attention of the rabbi, well, they were hopeful that they might experience a life-changing miracle. The gospel writer John sets the stage for our story today then. There were large crowds. It was a place apart from uh, towns and villages. And then John shares one more very important detail with us. It'd be easy to miss 2,000 years later. John tells us that the festival of Passover was near. Now the readers... In the Gospel of John, if they continued to read the Jesus story, they would come to understand this meal in the Galilee, hosted by Jesus, would bear a striking resemblance to the Passover meal that we know as the Last Supper. The afternoon was almost over. Jesus was hungry, and he was not alone. There were so many hungry people there in the Galilee on that hillside, Jesus turned to Philip, one of the disciples, and he said, where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? Now, Philip, he was a smart guy. He knew that the closest Costco was 12 miles away in Tiberias. And even if they could send someone quickly to Costco, they did not have enough money to buy food in bulk. Philip said, Lord, I'm pretty good with math. And I estimate that it would take at least six months' wages to come up with enough bread for this crowd. And even then, that would not be enough to satisfy their hunger. And just then, one of the other disciples, Andrew, called and he said, Lord, hey, we got a lunch. I got a lunch over here. This peasant boy has two dried fish and five loaves of barley bread. Ding, ding, ding. That's another clue. That's another clue from John. The significance of the boy's lunch could easily be lost on enlightened North Americans 2,000 years later. The cultural clue here is found in the word barley. Barley was the grain that was commonly available to the poor. These people were not just desperate. They were also poor. Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down on the grassy hillside with the fantastic views of the lake. 5,000 people. It was impossible to feed so many with so little. 
But then Jesus took the bread and he lifted it to heaven. And he gave thanks to God for the bounty of the earth. And then he took the fish, dried fish, smoked fish, perhaps, and he lifted it again to heaven and gave thanks. And then the bread and the fish, they were distributed. It sounds crazy, does it not? But soon a hundred people were eating. And then a thousand more. And then two thousand more. And before you knew it, there was a lavish party on a hillside, and poor people were eating the food that poor people were used to eating, but they ate in abundance all that they could possibly want. All ate their fill, we are told, as Jesus walked around the crowd touching tables, making sure everyone knew that they were important. And the disciples, they were accustomed to miracles, but all they could do is stand back in wide-eyed wonder because there was no logical explanation for what they had just seen. Now, it's possible, I suppose, that the one peasant boy who shared his lunch inspired others to share what little they had. Could 5,000 poor lunches come together to become a smorgasbord of diverse flavors, a trinity potluck of sorts? Or was it simply just a miracle? Bread and fish for thousands. Something miraculous coming out of nothing. Not likely, right? But remember, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, all of creation started with a big bang. And all that we see and all that we have, all that we observe on earth and in the far-off galaxies of the universe come from a single source smaller than a mustard seed, scientists tell us. Something out of nothing? Something out of nothing, it seems that that is a God thing. Now keep in mind that one week after your conception, you were the size of a poppy seed. Something out of nothing. A miracle, unexplained and extraordinary. Might that inspire wonder in you, in me? Because I wish you wonder today, my friends. Think and wonder, wonder and think. Philosophy begins with wonder. Wonder is the beginning of wisdom. Human knowledge doubles every 13 months. Knowledge finds its genesis in wonder. I wish you wonder. For he who can no longer pause to wonder and stand in rapt awe is as good as dead. His eyes are closed. Enlightened, educated citizens of 2021 would say, it's a story. It's just all a fairy tale. Religious superstition, a fable. But I'm here to tell you, folks, that there is more to God than meets the eye. There is more than we will ever understand. And thanks to brilliant scientists like Einstein, creation and the inner workings of the universe become a little bit clearer every year. Wonder leads them to research and exploration. Questions lead to theories. 
Human knowledge doubles every 13 months. Theories lead to discovery. And yet scientists will tell you the mysteries and wonders of the universe will always be beyond our comprehension. Our God is beyond our comprehension. Are, are, you, are you okay with that? Can you trust something that's beyond your comprehension? Or might I ask it another way? Would you really want a God who was so small and so simplistic that even you could understand her? Wonder. I wish you wonder. I want you to spend some time wondering this week, looking up at the stars. Scientists have recently identified the light of the very first stars of creation, the stars that came into being some 400 million years after the Big Bang. You know, if you read the creation story of Genesis, the creation story speaks of a period of darkness and void, right? Science tells us that there was, in fact, a season of darkness and void, 400 million years of darkness after the Big Bang. 400 million years of darkness before the gases of the universe started to come together, creating the first stars. So what does that mean? It means that the light that the scientists are now observing has been traveling in our direction for the past 13.3 billion years. 13.3 billion years of space travel at 186 miles per second. Talk about frequent flyer miles. How's that, huh? Now those stars themselves that they're seeing the light for, they're long gone. They've disappeared. But the light from those stars is still making its way towards planet Earth. Wonder, huh? I wish you wonder. Wonder when you spend time with your children or grandchildren. Wonder when a mother gives birth. Wonder as an eagle soars overhead. Wonder as the sun sets and the lifeless orb that we know as the moon begins to reflect the light of the sun back to us in the evening. Wonder, I wish you wonder. Wonder as you consider a God who loves you despite your human failings. A God who forgives you and offers you a new beginning. Wonder as you consider the blessings of your life and the crazy set of circumstances that have allowed you to live in this land of milk and honey with freedom and full refrigerators. Wonder as you contemplate your poppy seed beginning in your mother's womb and wonder as you face the end of your life knowing that you will leave this world to be born again in whatever fashion God chooses. Possible? Impossible? When we think we know the answers, when we underestimate God, we lose wonder and our eyes are closed and we're as good as dead. Yes, with God, all things are possible. On our own, we might see scarcity. We might sound like Philip saying, there's no way, Jesus... There's no way we can feed the hungry masses. We can't do it. Six months' wages would not be enough. Or we may end up sounding like Andrew who said, we have a lunch over here, but Jesus, it's not going to do us much good. There are thousands of people. Send them home. Send them home hungry. 
Wonder. Wonder at the possibilities. Now, could a little church on the corner of 525 and Woodard really make a difference in the world burdened with so much pain and hunger? By ourselves as individuals, we probably could make little difference. But together with Jesus, we can change Woodby Island in the world. And how do I know it? I've seen it firsthand. Together we've sent millions of dollars to feed the hungry far and near. We sent more than $100,000 to poor villages in Bihar, India, people we'd never met, never will meet. And as a result, the children of God there, mere peasants, now have greater food security and more control over their lives. Together, we started Habitat for Humanity on Whidbey Island. Together, we provide office space for helping hand as they care for the most vulnerable in our community. Yes, we have come alongside most every nonprofit on the island. We are partners in a network for good. And every fall, dozens of students go to college, knowing that a little church in Freeland believes in them and has invested in their future. Now, a few decades ago, that would have seemed impossible, unthinkable, wishful thinking. But I wish you wonder, my friends, wonder which will lead us together to greater service, wonder that will allow us to appreciate the mysteries of creation while coming to some understanding of the extravagant blessings that God has showered upon us. Wonder. Could two childhood sweethearts from Nevis, Minnesota, could they really make a difference in the world? Wonder. 57 years ago, Pastor Dennis and Jerry gave their lives to the church. They promised to serve, to love, to share good news, to comfort the afflicted, to baptize babies, and to stand at graveside with grief-stricken families. And for 57 years, they've changed lives and changed communities for the better. And for 20 years, they've served our community, and we are better for it. I wish you wonder, my friends. We don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to understand all the mysteries. Wonder will lead us to greater discovery, and wonder can lead us to greater forms of service. So let's not look out at the world and see scarcity. Let's not join the disciples in saying, we cannot do it, we cannot feed them, send them away, we cannot make a difference. Let's look at the world as Jesus did, seeing abundance and using that abundance to change the world for the better. Wonder and welcome. We're going to get to welcome in a minute. But now as we get ready to sing, let's ask the final critical question. Once our eyes are open to abundance, how will we live? Once we understand our privileged position in the world, how will we live? Once we accept the call to follow Jesus, how then shall we live? I would invite you to stand as we sing our hymn of the day, How Then Shall We Live?
took a walk outside of my walking, stepped inside another shoes, walked the dusty borders between us, paths I'd never chosen to choose. How then shall I now to God in prayer. Bill's going to lead us in the prayers. Each petition will end, gracious God, in our response, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Rooted in Christ and sustained by the Spirit, we offer our prayers for the church, the world, and all of creation. Wonderful God, many are the works set before us in this wide, beautiful world. Let us have ears to hear and eyes to behold, and open our hearts to be truly amazed by the wonders we encounter. Gracious God, merciful God, we pray for creation. For those bowed down, send rain to parched lands experiencing drought and come to the aid of those enduring searing heat. Lend your strength to those fighting fires and comfort to the, all those who have lost loved ones and homes to the inferno. Guide us to make wise policies to return this world to the wonder you brought into being. Gracious God, compassionate God, we pray for those bowed down by heavy burdens, the under or unemployed, those who are hungry, 
those without homes, those who are suffering extended physical and mental illness. Let us be agents of peaceful change, bringing not only a lack of violence, but structural change in our society so that it reflects the just and loving world you intend for us. Gracious God, generous God, we pray for this congregation. Deepen our resolve to use what we have to serve those in need. When we worry we do not have enough resources to carry on, assure us of your abundance and steadfast love. Give us creative minds and hearts to love and lift up your people. Gracious God, Healing God, we give thanks for scientists who create vaccines and for medical servants who lovingly administer them. Give them strength as they serve, as the virus still circulates among us and make us whole again. Comfort those whose loved ones have died. Gracious God, Gracious God, fill us with wonder as we lift to you these prayers and the prayers of our hearts, trusting in your love and mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. And also with you. Please share a sign of peace and greeting with one another. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that greeting of peace. After the service, after the service, take that good energy right over into the uh, coffee hour. There'll be coffee, there's cookies, we have cake, everything you need today. In the gym, also, uh, you can also take uh, food out in the courtyard. It's beautiful on the courtyard. There's also coffee on the way out the courtyard. So we'd encourage you to continue to uh, connect with one another here on Sunday morning. That's really important for us. Altar flowers uh, by Verna and Earl Lawson. Thank you. Uh, in honor of Pastor Dennis and Jerry and their 20 years here at the church. 
So thank you to Verna and Earl for that. Um, Audrey Anderson's not here this morning, but Audrey is moving uh, off the island, and uh, she has served uh, faithfully here for 36 years uh, in our parish. She was our librarian, as you saw last year, for last week, a uh, presentation made to her. Uh, but Jean and Audrey, wonderful people in our parish, and so we wish her our prayers. We're saying happy birthday today, too, to uh, Robert Turner, who's online. Robert, and uh, thank you. 92nd birthday to Robert, and hello to Vanetta as well there. And uh, Jessica Johnson is in Bellevue celebrating a birthday to do. So Jessica, happy birthday to you uh, as well. Uh, we were uh, sad this week to hear that Elaine McDonald, one of our longtime members here, you remember Elaine, she was one of our prayer warriors. She was also the uh, the driving force behind the baby dresser project every spring. Elaine died this week, 90 years old or so, and uh, we'll let you know more about that as uh, time goes on here. Uh, Deacon Amy. Good morning. Good morning. A couple of fun things happening coming up soon. Our Tuesday afternoon youth group is meeting this week on Zoom. And we're backing it up. We're meeting at 3 o'clock. So if you have any youth who regularly meet with us, please let them know that meeting is at 3 o'clock this week on Zoom. Vacation Bible School is starting one week from tomorrow. We are looking forward to a fantastic, albeit different, kind of year. We're going to be all outside this year, um, enjoying the open air and the beautiful sunshine on our wonderful campus. And just a note of thanks to the Ruby Education Fund, which sponsors VBS and makes this fantastic week possible. Uh, tomorrow morning, we will be putting up decorations in the narthex at 9 o'clock. So if you feel like coming by to help hang some pictures or uh, set up some cute little scenes, you are welcome to join us. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Amy. Uh, last year, VBS was all streamed. This year, the kids will be back on campus. So that's really wonderful. Um, August 9th, 1964, that's when uh, Dennis was ordained into the Lutheran Church. Dennis and Jerry standing together there um, that day, as they have ever since. And here in our parish, um, they've touched every part of our parish uh, from the gifts of music that they brought us to the piano and choir and organ. Uh, so thankful for that. Uh, Jerry's been a quilter with our quilting ladies for many years, and we're so thankful. Uh, visitation, preaching, uh, and they've been mentors to so many here, including um, Jerry and Dennis being mentors to Felicia and I in our uh, ministry. So we're going to watch just a real uh, quick video that's going to kind of trace a little bit of their uh, life and ministry together. And when you see the video, you'll see the churches that they've served. And think every church, every community um, behind the scenes, there are hundreds and hundreds who were touched by their love and their grace. So we're going to watch this little video this time.
And 57 years have passed just like that. And uh, the good news is uh, Dennis and Jerry aren't going anywhere. Uh, they're staying right here with us. And as I walked Dennis out of the car uh, a week or two ago, we talked about this. And he said, now, if there's anything you need, call me. <laughs> so, so he is retiring, kind of. But uh, mostly, we just want to honor both of you and give thanks to God for you. Uh, we do have flowers for you, Jerry, to take home. Some flowers for you. And the quilters... Your sister's quilters, um, they have made you quilts to take home as well. So these are for you as well. And I'll give those to you with a beautiful card. There are lots of cards out there for you. Uh, over on the left side as you go out in the narthex, folks, there's a, a kind of a, a memory table there. And uh, Dennis, to stay awake during um, my sermons, doodles. So uh, you'll, see, you'll see this cartooning there, and I think they can take the, those with them as well. But um, could you want to stand up for just a moment? And let's just give them thanks. So why don't you hold each other's arms here? I invite you just to hold a hand up, hold a hand up as we pray um, for them. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for your servants, Jerry and Pastor Dennis. We thank you for the lives they've touched here and in other congregations before. We give you thanks for their beautiful family. And we, uh, as we give thanks for their journey that has brought them to this place today, we give thanks also for the next chapter in their lives and great anticipation, knowing that you are their God. You are with them every step of the journey. We thank you for the privilege to journey together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I have one question. about wonder. Yes. And you know when you get to be 84, wonder takes on a little a different connotation. I wonder what my cell phone is in my office. Did you call yourself and see if you could find it? <laughs> very good, very good. All right, you may be seated. Um, and we're now moving uh, towards a table that has bread and fish on it, uh, and bread and wine, as we move uh, to this celebration now of Holy Communion. And um, as we do so, we gather at a table that Dennis presided over for 57 years, a table that welcomes Christians across the globe, across denominations of many colors. Those who are in great faith and those who are in great doubt are welcome at this table. And so as we gather to share this meal, we remember a Thursday night in an upper room in Jerusalem where Jesus was gathered with his disciples. And on that night, he took the bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks. And he gave it for all the drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me.
And we are promised, my friends, that every time we eat of this bread and drink of this wine, we not only experience communion together, but that Jesus has promised to be present with us as well. I would invite you now to pray with me as Jesus taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. This day we've looked at two meals. Two meals that teach us a lot about hospitality and welcome. Uh, Jesus welcomed in, the, in that hillside the desperate, the poor, the broken, the oppressed. Were they people of faith? Maybe. But they were people probably who would have been judged harshly by the religious people. And it's important to remember it on that hillside, Jesus didn't say, hey, feed the Lutherans, <laughs> leave out the Catholics and the Presbyterians. No, they were all fed, they were all welcome. And so at that Last Supper, too, it was doubters, it was betrayers, people uncertain about their faith, their lives about to be turned upside down. All are welcome. All are welcome always. It doesn't matter where your journey's been. It doesn't matter how long you've been away from this table or if you've never been here before. We just work here. Jesus invites you to come. I would invite you to come as the ushers have you come forward. You receive the host. Hold on to it momentarily. Go ahead and consume it, and then you'll receive an individual glass. All the glasses have grape juice, the body and blood of Christ shed for you. Jesus took some friends aside Then he told them he would have to go away As they sat around the table Ready, willing, strong and able Jesus broke the bread And then was heard to sing Come and dine at the table Drink the wine at the table Eat the bread at the table
When the road looks rough ahead And you're miles and you're miles From your nice warm bed You just remember what your old pal said And you got a friend in me Yes, you got a friend in me You got a friend in me Anything I wouldn't do for you If we stick together We can see it through Cause you've got a friend in me Yes, you've got a friend in me Now some other folks might be A little bit smarter than I am Bigger and stronger too Maybe But none of them will ever love you just me and you, boy And as the years go by Our friendship will never die You're gonna see it's our destiny You've got a friend in me You've got a friend in me Well, you've got a friend in me strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. And now as you head out those doors, fed and forgiven, go forth to change the world. Go forth to change our community.
And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our sending hymn, let us talents and tongues employ.